Welcome to the Brain Health Podcast, where we discuss cutting edge science to help you maximize your brain function while aiming to slow, stop, and even reverse symptoms of cognitive decline. I'm your host, Dr. Joni Yackel. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today in the Brain Health Podcast, we're going to be talking about mold and mold-related illness, more accurately described as chronic inflammatory response syndrome. One of the most common misconceptions that I hear when it comes to mold-related illness is the assumption that it results in respiratory illness, that the symptoms of mold-related illness are going to be um, you know, sinus infections, it's going to be coughing, it's going to be chest congestion, things of that nature. And while mold can, in fact, result in some of those symptoms, the reason we're talking about it today is because it is a little-known uh, cause of brain inflammation that leads to dementia and cognitive decline. And while it's little known, it's actually quite pervasive because when we start looking at the numbers, simply put, what we know is that about 70% of all homes and buildings are estimated to be water damaged. And I would say that that is absolutely an underestimate because show me the home that has never experienced any water damage. It's never had a leaky faucet that's never had a leaking HVAC system or maybe water coming in through the roof, potentially even flooding or water intrusion in the basement. In fact, even humidity going above 60% can lead to conditions in which mold will in fact begin to grow. And when we think of mold, generally we think of the toxic black mold, which of course, yeah, that's, that's horrible for our health, but black mold is by far, it's not the only mold that is known to make us sick. And in fact, most molds such as Aspergillus are not detectable by the eye unless you're really trained. It, it is fairly invisible. It can just look like dust. So we're looking at a minimum of 70% of all homes and buildings that have been water damaged. And then you have to consider the reality that mold-related illness has a huge genetic component. Not everybody is made sick from exposure to mold. It's estimated about 25% of the population is more predisposed mold-related illness. And then we have to put that into context because just because you have a gene, what's well, a predisposition? It doesn't mean that you're going to get sick from mold. It doesn't make you destined for chronic inflammatory response syndrome as a result of exposure to mold and water-damaged buildings. Something has to turn those genes on. And just like any of our genes, it's going to be some form of acute stress or chronic prolonged stress. So generally when I'm working with someone who's got mold related illness, if we dive in deep enough and we get into their history, we're going to uncover a period or a point in their life when suddenly their health changed, where up until that point, they were relatively healthy, didn't have any, uh, you know, symptoms of one form or another, no real health challenges. And then boom, all of a sudden, 
sometimes slowly, sometimes quickly, the wheels ultimately just start coming off. They start experiencing fatigue. They start experiencing brain fog or they start experiencing, um, you know, chronic pain, anxiety, depression, you know, things of that nature are going to start, start showing up. And so, you know, generally, like I was saying, if we look closely enough at their history, we're eventually going to find that not only were they likely living or working in a moldy environment, but they were also going through a very stressful period in their life. Maybe they were overwhelmed by work. Maybe they were raising small kids. Maybe they were going through a divorce and then combine that with some kind of potential physical injury or trauma. Maybe they were in a fender bender or a car accident or slipped on the ice and hit their head. And, you know, it's generally like this perfect storm. Maybe there was a tick bite or a spider bite. But when you put all of these together, it leads to the expression of these genes that make us predisposed to mold-related illness. So when you combine the exposure to a water-damaged building and mold with a genetic predisposition, which leads to an inability to detoxify or pull these uh, toxins out of our body, we start developing inflammation. And this inflammation is going to impact all sorts of different systems or different areas of our, our health and of our body. So it's not just respiratory issues that are going to show up. But in fact, when we describe chronic inflammatory response syndrome, which is the underlying physiological um, response that occurs when someone has mold-related illness or other biotoxin-related illnesses, such as maybe you've heard of someone with chronic Lyme, and now we're even hearing about people with long haulers COVID or long COVID who are dealing with actually a very similar response. So we start to develop this chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And ultimately what it is, is it's a brain that's inflamed. So the brain becomes inflamed. And because the brain is like the master control center, it's controlling all the other systems, every cell, every tissue, every organ in your body is all being regulated and in communication with the brain. The brain is communicating with the body. The body's communicating with the brain. And when the brain begins to become inflamed as a result of this exposure to these biotoxins, the end result is any one or all of our different systems are going to be impacted. For instance, our musculoskeletal system can potentially be impacted. So some people with mold-related illness are going to start to experience symptoms like uh, joint pain and uh, muscle pain, muscle tightness, muscle cramping. But, you know, ultimately these people tend to get lumped in as having fibromyalgia. Uh, on the other hand, it can impact our cardiovascular system. It can result in things like heart palpitations and racing heart. And in fact, it's now even being correlated with things with like an increased likelihood of having strokes and heart attacks. It can be correlated. It has a, a disastrous effect on our hormones, specifically on our sex-related hormones, but it, it can impact all of our hormones. So estrogen, progesterone, 
testosterone, adrenal health, cortisol, all of the thyroid hormones, all of these are impacted when the brain gets inflamed. And in, you know, most specifically, testosterone will get wiped out. And, and this is in both men and women. And so a result of mold-related illness or a symptom of mold-related illness coming from the neuro or brain inflammation is going to be a loss of libido and ultimately just feeling very flat, feeling just very, um, you know, just, just, you know, losing a sense of vibrancy. We start to feel very dull. Uh, inflammation in the brain is going to impact the immune system. So people might be more prone to feeling, uh, you know, to getting sick more often, or maybe they get sick and they don't recover. Oftentimes I'll have people showing up in my office and they're dealing with, you know, every year they'll get two or three or even four sinus infections, have to go through multiple rounds of antibiotics. So we get this low functioning immune system that also then give rise to immune dysfunction. So people start developing strange autoimmune conditions, things like colitis and Crohn's and uh, Hashimoto's thyroiditis and lupus and scleroderma and all of these different immune, uh, autoimmune diseases can start to, to basically present as a result of this ongoing brain inflammation that's being caused from mold-related illness. So musculoskeletal system gets impacted. Cardiovascular system gets impacted. Our hormones, so the endocrine system, our immune system gets impacted. Our digestive tract, it's estimated that about 80% of people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome as a result of mold exposure deal with what we call gastroparesis, or it's a slowing down of the digestive tract. So they're going to develop things like constipation and bloating and indigestion, uh, heartburn, acid reflux. Some people might even start to develop things like uh, diarrhea. Uh, I'm certain if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably familiar with, with leaky gut syndrome. The hormones that are responsible for maintaining a healthy boundaries in your body and a healthy gut junctions uh, are made in the brain. And when the brain gets impacted and gets inflamed as a result of exposure to mold-related illness, well, it's going to impact those hormones that keep the gut junctions uh, nice and tight. So we develop a leaky gut. So now people start developing things like leaky gut syndrome. Um, so digestive tract gets impacted. Nervous system, obviously, well, our brain is part of our nervous system. So when the brain gets inflamed right there, the nervous system is going to be impacted. But this can also show up not only, obviously, as brain fog, um, uh, you know, and, and as we're going to dive into a little deeper, but even, you know, more concerning, it's like, you know, brain fog, we, we say that, but it's kind of a minimization of what's going on. If someone's dealing with brain fog, their brain's inflamed, and that's a problem. That 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 is ultimately over time going to result in fairly severe changes to the brain. But it can also show up in things like uh, numbness and tingling in the hands and the feet and the face. Uh, people getting sharp nerve pains shooting throughout their body. So as I was saying, you know, mold-related illness. Well, again, one of the biggest misconceptions is that people are like, well, I don't, you know, I, I'm not sick from mold. I don't have, I'm not coughing. I don't have any respiratory issues. It's like, well, 
that's just one of many possibilities because the root cause of all of these symptoms are coming from what we call neuroinflammation. It's a brain that's inflamed. And when that brain gets inflamed, this is why it's called multi-system. All of the different systems in our body can in fact be impacted. And that's going to result in it then being multi-symptom. So oftentimes people with mold-related illness have all of these, this collection of different uh, symptoms that are seemingly unconnected, that they don't have anything to do with each other, but in fact, they can all be traced back to this ongoing brain inflammation. And this is in fact part of the frustration that I find when it comes to dealing and working with people who have mold-related illness is because none of our mainstream uh, you know, lab testing are going to show or indicate mold-related illness. And in fact, oftentimes people with mold-related illness, they, they might look healthy. Uh, and in fact, their labs might even show up healthy. So these mainstream tests like you know, C-reactive protein, which is one of the most common tests for looking for inflammation, there's many different pathways that can have uh, that are associated with inflammation and C-reactive protein is the most commonly tested, but it is not impacted from mold-related illness. And the reason why is because when we have a genetic predisposition for mold-related illness, what happens when you take these folks and, and, and they have a triggering event or a series of stressors and throw in the fact that they're likely living and or working in a moldy environment, people who, again, who have never been impacted, who have never had any kind of sensitivity to mold are suddenly going to start getting sick. And what do we do when we get sick? Well, we, we go to the doctor's office and they're going to run some labs. And again, the frustration here is that these labs are not likely going to reveal anything wrong. And so a lot of these people, when you consider the reality that 70% of all homes and buildings are water damaged, you combine that with the fact that about 25% of people have a predisposition to mold-related illness and chronic inflammatory response syndrome, we're looking at about 40 million people who are going misdiagnosed with things like chronic fatigue syndrome or fibromyalgia, or uh, maybe they're just being told that they're depressed and they need to be on antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds, when in fact, these folks are really quite ill. And they do have an underlying physiological condition that's driving it. And it's inflammation-based. It's just not going to be picked up on the most commonly labs that are that are used to test for inflammation. And the reason why is that it's a different form of inflammation. It's coming primarily from our immune system. It's what we call inflammatory cytokines. So this is very specialized lab testing that we do to find out if someone has chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And the frustration is that these folks are being sent away, uh, in some cases being told that they're fine and it's just in their head and that they're just depressed and they just need to be on an antidepressant. When again, they're really quite sick, their brain is inflamed. And, you know, I've spoken to all of the different cis, uh, you know, symptoms that can ultimately emerge as a result of neuroinflammation 
But the most concerning one is simply dementia and cognitive decline and Alzheimer's. You know, we know that inflammation is at the root cause of all of our disease processes, especially Western disease processes. We know that inflammation is at the root cause of cardiovascular disease. We know that inflammation is at the root cause of, um, you know, arthritis and, and, and joint inflammation and body pain. We know that it plays a role in things like diabetes and, and autoimmune conditions and uh, even Alzheimer's. But what is often not discussed is the fact that inflammation is also being correlated with mental emotional disorders. So anxiety, depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, like all of these have been correlated with increased levels of neuroinflammation or brain inflammation, which of course over time is going to impact our neurotransmitter levels like serotonin and dopamine and, and things of that nature. But anything that's inflamed for a period of time is eventually going to start to degenerate. And that is when mold-related illness, that's when chronic inflammatory response syndrome starts to become scary. When we start losing executive functioning, we lose our ability to concentrate, to focus, to plan, to organize. We start having memory and recall issues. You know, we, we start losing numbers and names and words. We find that it's more challenging to learn new information or to even read. When I when I was sick, uh, I, you know, with 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 severe neuroinflammation, I struggled to even get through a paragraph. I had almost zero recall. I, I could read it three, four, five times in a row, and I still couldn't recall what exactly I was reading. And in fact, I was an avid reader my entire life. And at my worst, I had completely given up reading because I just, I couldn't take any of it in. Not to mention I was exhausted by the time I was trying to read, I pretty much just wanted to pass out. But uh, the bottom line here is that mold is a very, very common cause of brain inflammation that is going to lead to cognitive decline and symptoms of dementia. And the good news here is like many of the root causes, when you find the root cause, you can begin to stop and even reverse some of these changes, despite what we've been told. Oftentimes we're, we're told that brains can't heal. And you know anyone who's gone through uh, any kind of dementia or Alzheimer's with, with family members, uh, we know it's a progressive disease, but we are also learning that all diseases have a cause. And if we can discover that cause and we can, you know, pull back and we, we can actually find why this is happening, if we can find the why, we can actually start to reverse the damage that's being done. Not only stop it, but we can actually begin to reverse it. So when it comes to chronic inflammatory response syndrome and mold-related illness, if you're if you're wanting to optimize your brain, if you're noticing like clear signs that your brain is dropping off, that you're having some changes in executive functioning, that you can't focus, you can't concentrate, uh, that you're you're struggling with with memory and recall, and then especially if you add in some of these other you know symptoms that we've been discussing, there's a very, very high likelihood that we're dealing with 
a mold related illness. So a really quick way to find out is if you if you were to do a search on a VCS test, it's a visual contrast sensitivity. This is a visual test that can actually help screen for neuroinflammation. So just, you know, do, you know, open up a, a browser and do a search for VCS visual contrast sensitivity. You'll probably get a few different options. It's, it only takes about 15 minutes. There's some free versions. There's some that might be 15 or $20. Um, you can do any of them, but it's going to screen for neuroinflammation. And oftentimes it's going to come with a questionnaire for symptoms as well. And when, when you have symptoms that are consistent with mold-related illness, and you combine that with a positive VCS test, or I should say a failed VCS test, uh, indicating neuroinflammation, there's about a 98% likelihood that you're dealing with chronic inflammatory response syndrome and mold-related illness. And I would further state that whether you're trying to prevent, whether you're trying to stop, or whether you're trying to reverse any form of cognitive decline or dementia, and maybe you're just trying to optimize your brain function, but regardless, if you are noticing changes, whether or not mold is at the root cause, it is very challenging to heal a brain that's inflamed if someone is being exposed. So it's important to make sure that our homes and our workplaces are clean, that we're not getting any kind of exposures in those places and um, you know, really set ourselves up for, for success. So if you are worried, if you are concerned at all about any of these things, uh, and mold, there's also a whole slew of uh, labs would be how we would actually test. So if your VCS test came back and you failed it, and then you also have the symptoms, the next step would be to go ahead and move forward and test for these inflammatory cytokines, see if the inflammation is present. We would also be looking at any hormones that are associated uh, with mold-related illness, because once the brain gets inflamed, these hormones are all going to start to crash. And this folks, is when people really start feeling crummy. It's when the brain fog starts kicking in. It's when people start feeling more fatigue. They start experiencing chronic pain. They start experiencing more anxiety and more depression. And uh, as I mentioned, there's a whole list of different symptoms. Uh, and that is that is usually the red flag in my office is that when someone presents and they've got a whole bunch of random symptoms that seem to be unconnected, and of course, They've got brain fog, fatigue, chronic pain, anxiety, and depression. They've been to many doctors, all of which have told them they're just fine. And oftentimes, they're already doing everything right. They've already changed their diet. They're already taking supplements. If this is you, I think you have to consider chronic inflammatory response syndrome as potentially being at the root cause of what's making you sick and what could be driving your symptoms of cognitive decline. So um, I appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be diving more into this subject in the future, and I will look forward to our next podcast. Thanks for listening to the Brain Health Podcast. If you'd like more cutting edge information on brain health, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, or simply head over to my website, thebrainhealthdoctor.com. If you love the show and want to support us, please leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or Google. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.